Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Heidi. Welcome back to the It's Not Normal, It's Toxic podcast. Let's rid our lives of toxic people. Um, Thanks for being here. I don't know what your weather is. Mine is snowy again. Um, The conference is coming up in one month, and we do have a bonus with the purchase of a ticket before midnight on the 3rd. So by the time this is published, that's going to be about six hours. Um, You will receive with your conference ticket the full Freedom Me online program, which my staff and I worked on uh, over half of 2018. So that is a huge value with the price of your conference ticket. Um, The three-day conference ticket is $199 right now, and you will get that entire program um, in an online version for no charge if your conference ticket is purchased before midnight tonight. Um, it's five o'clock right now, my time. So you have seven hours. Anyway, I just did a Facebook live video on a topic that somebody had written in about the fears when leaving a toxic relationship or changing the dynamic in a toxic relationship. And it came in from more than one person. I had actually put a, I need your help, um, post out there asking what the fears are when people consider leaving and this one came back from more than one listener and it was the fear of being lonely so the definition of loneliness is the is feeling sad and unhappy about being socially isolated now if you're listening to this podcast um, you've probably listened to several of mine so if you're listening I'm gonna guess that you know something about the feeling of isolation Um, remember toxic people in general, and I use toxic person and toxic relationship as a blanket phrase to cover many types of relationships. The emotionally abusive relationship is toxic. Your narcissistically abusive relationship is toxic. Obviously your physically abusive relationship is toxic. And more times than not, all three of those tie together. So remember that in a toxic relationship or with a toxic person in general, They feel the need for control. So with if you have family or if you have friends that are a really strong support system or really have good intentions when it comes to you and really want what's best for you, that's obviously going to pose a threat to the control and the amount of power that the toxic person can have over you, correct? So during a toxic relationship, you may notice and Upon entering in a toxic relationship, these may be a few of the things that you will notice, but you will give them the benefit of the doubt or you will brush them aside like they weren't that big a deal. But during a toxic relationship, you will probably experience somewhere along the line, family members that were close will start being slowly removed from your day-to-day life uh, where whether through phone calls or, you know, visits or seeing them a lot or family events, there's slowly going to be more time between those and less time of them. So you'll be slowly cut off uh, from the people that are in your family that are closest to you, which what that is, is the people that support you and know you the best and probably love you the most. Um, There will be excuses why you can't go see your family, whether it be we can't afford it, there's not time, 
we have a lot other things to do. We're way too busy. Your family doesn't like me. There's nothing to do there. It's boring. Um, they'll go to whatever extent to convince you that you don't really need to see your family. They may even go to the extent of saying, well, if you're really in love with me, then, you know, what do you need your family for? Well, that in our type of personality will set a seed of immediate guilt then you feel guilty because they're saying that if you want to see your family, that means that you don't love them or you don't care about them enough. So, of course, you don't want conflict with them. So you're going to compromise and you're going to lessen the time with your family. So that is one thing that you may notice in the beginning or early on that they're, they're, the mention of family or family visits kind of has a sticky point. Um, another thing that you'll notice is you won't be allowed quotes or you'll be made to feel uncomfortable if you have a close group of friends. You know, if you have a close group of guy friends that you always go out with and you do the guy thing and you do the guy trip, that will be very threatening to a person who um, is in a situation where they need to control in order to feel like they um, are validated. Uh, if you have, a, you know, the girls night out thing, the wine nights, the shopping trips, um, if you have a strong group of friends, that is very soon going to change if you are in the midst of a toxic relationship. And the reason that is, is friends and close friends operate very much like family in the fact that your close, true friends are going to stick up for you. Your close, true friends are going to tell you they're worried about you. Your close, true friends are going to make it known that they think what's going on is not normal. A toxic person will not allow that in the relationship because friends who are supportive and friends who are strong and friends who stand behind you are a threat to their control over you. So they will say stuff like, I don't really like your friends, or I don't think your friends have very good morals. Maybe you shouldn't be hanging out with them. Or why do you hang out with that whole group of people? All you do is waste time and drink wine. Or, you know, if it's a guy's trip, it will be, you know, what do you do on these guys trip? Chase, you know, chase other women. It seems like a really bad place for you to be. And I don't trust it when you go on the guys trips. So you become interrogated or um, there's always conflict or there's a lot of uncomfortableness around when you want to be with your friends. Now, if you're one that stands up for yourself and says, okay, well, fine, I'm going to go be with my friends anyway, then you pose the question of your phone blowing up nonstop the whole time you're with them. Um, it's ringing, you're getting texts, uh, you're not answering, so they're calling your friends, or they're calling the place that you're staying, or they're calling the place that you went, and pretending that they're very concerned that they can't get a hold of you, and has this person seen you. So eventually what's going to happen is you're going to be embarrassed because the behavior of this person in your life is embarrassing to you. You can't even go out with your friends without 80 phone calls or 80 texts or lists of things that you did wrong or things you have to do when you get home or, you know, I didn't tell you you could do that or I didn't understand that you were going tonight. I thought you were going tomorrow night or whatever it is that they need to say to get you to leave where you're at and come home. So that's the second type of isolation. The third type of isolation was um, if you have hobbies that you enjoy and that take up your time and that get you attention, eventually those hobbies will be made to go away. 
you know, um, if you like to do crafts and you like to sell them, oh, okay, first of all, if you're good at them, that gets you attention and you enjoy it. And if you're selling them, you're making money, which is not allowed either. So um, they will make excuses why your hobbies do not fit into you guys' life. Too much time. It's too expensive. Um, you know, we're, we're way too busy to, to have you doing that. So you've, all, you've compromised your family. You've compromised your friends and you've decided that since you can't have family and friends, you're going to get yourself a hobby. Well, eventually they take that away too, because anything that takes your attention off of them is going to be a threat to them, which includes close family members, close friends, and things that you enjoy. So what happens to you inside when everything that makes you happy is taken away? Well, obviously loneliness sets in. And the sad thing about this type of loneliness is you could be lonely with a hundred people around you because on top of the loneliness, what else sets in resentment for the person who is making you give up everything that makes you happy. And they can say it as much as they want. Well, if you really loved me, I should be your only source of happiness, but you know, as well as I do, you can't force that when somebody is undermining you on the backside. So it's very understandable that when you're thinking about leaving a toxic relationship, changing, um, you know, a job or leaving a friend circle, I know leaving friend circles is difficult as well because friends are clicky and you might not find another one, but it's a very understandable fear because you know, who am I now? You know, think about this. Get out your pen and paper. Is there people in your life that you no longer get to spend time with? Did you used to go to family events? Were the holidays important? Did you celebrate things? Shoot, I could even send in birthday cards. And that was something I could have done regardless. And it, it had such a negative connotation that... I just quit doing everything. I quit asking to go home. I quit asking to go out because conflict with friends and family is easier than having conflict with the toxic person. You all know, as well as I do, toxic people do not run out of fight. They love chaos. They love drama. They love conflict. So they have no problem fighting about the family and fighting about the friends and fighting about your hobbies every time it comes up. You're the one that gets exhausted about it. So is there people in your life that you no longer spend time with that you felt like were very good for you, loved you, and supported you? Write them down. Then think about, has your friend group changed? Has it, have they stayed with you? Or have you noticed that friends are starting to fall off? Now, that's... That's a two-sided dynamic with friends because if you have friends that are really strong and really support you but don't understand a toxic relationship, even though they love and support you, they may eventually fall off also because they won't understand why you're not removing yourself. So you feel like you've lost friends because when you go back and um, make the same mistake over and over, friends get tired. So that's kind of twofold. The toxic people love it when your friends get tired. It moves them out of the way for them. 
Have you felt forced to quit something that you really enjoy because someone else didn't think you had time for it? Or did you, were you forced to, say, give up any money you made through a hobby you had because that would detour you from continuing to do it? Um, I had several hobbies in my life that I really got super overwhelmed with. I, I, loved, I loved doing them, but it was such a fight to find the time to do the hobbies, even though they were in the house, um, they were at home, they weren't with friends, they weren't with family, I could do them myself, they made me happy, and eventually, because I enjoyed them, they eventually disappeared also. And it is, it's, it's a matter, it's not a matter that I thought my family wasn't important, or I thought my friend group wasn't important, or I thought my hobbies weren't important, I was just exhausted. You get exhausted of the fight, so we just give up. So if you have this type of scenario in your life, I really want you to think about it because by, by pulling the things that you love and that make you happy away, that makes you completely dependent on them for your happiness and for your um, camaraderie and for your interaction with people. Your identity has then become what you are to them. You no longer have your own identity because they start sucking it all out of you. You're the husband. You're the wife. You're the mom. You're the daughter. You're the son. You, you rate your identity on how well you can keep everybody happy, right? So then, should you decide to change the dynamic of the toxic relationship? They're gone. You've left. Now where are you? You know, it's a very understandable fear. I, I know, at least when I was there, I knew who I was. I had a spot. I had a job. I had an identity. Now look at me. I've got nothing. I don't know who I am. I can't make a decision. I don't know what my hobbies are. And I'm not making anybody happy either. So, when, so it is very fearful to leave the dynamic of a relationship, even, even if it's unhealthy, if we don't know what our true identity is. And I have clients, I've seen it over and over. Um, their identity is so based on who they're with that they go through the trouble of getting out of a toxic relationship and don't know how to be by themselves. Even for a night, can't hardly stay at the house by themselves because they don't know how, what it's like to just be calm and be idle. Those are the types of people that will then quick go find somebody else to date or quick go find a different friend group or quick go do this because their identity isn't solid in who they are and they jump into another spot where their identity is given to them. Finding your identity is tough stuff. Leaving or changing the dynamic of a toxic relationship is tough stuff. But then finding yourself afterward, it's tough. And I see it over and over um, jumping out of the frying pan into the fire because it's so hard to figure out who you are. You're going to have to learn to like to be with yourself. And, you know, we talk a lot about self-love and about self-care and about, you know, choosing yourself. But where in the heck do you start when somebody has been telling you who you're supposed to be for years? And if you've grown up in an environment where that was unhealthy, you don't, you really don't know where to start. 
Somebody was telling you who you should be, how you should act, what you should say, and what's important since the day you were born. And now all of a sudden, you're supposed to be happy by yourself? Yeah, it's not easy, and I get it. But spend the time that you need to find yourself. It's all about moving forward. Now, again, my coaching program is all about this. I'm not a counselor. I am not a therapist. I do awareness and I do healing. So I do education on the toxic person so that you understand what they do, why they do it, so you can emotionally disconnect from that relationship. And then there you are, sitting right what we're talking about today. Okay, I got that done. Now who the heck am I? So... The second part of the program that I take people through, and you don't have to use me. You can do this on your own. There's other fantastic toxic relationship coaches out there. But moving forward, you have to do some self-discovery or some self-rediscovery. When I have clients come to me and say, I don't even know who I am anymore, or I don't feel like myself. Okay, what that's telling me is we better get to work. You know, what are your hobbies? What are your values? What do you like to do? What did you want to do with your life? What did you used to be when you, wanted to, when you grew up? What did you used to want to be when you grew up? Have you thought about any of this? Probably not. You've probably been worried about whatever everybody else was doing. You know, and if you have kids, you can relate to this. What do we tell them on high school graduation? You can do anything you want. You can be any, anything you want to be. And we sit in our room by ourselves and think that we ourselves can do nothing. We're stuck. We're trapped. We don't have power to do anything. And that's not the truth. You do have the power. And you can start wherever you are right now. You know what? Make a list. I, I'm going to give you my favorite homework assignment ever. Write the alphabet A to Z, twice, in two columns. The story of this um, exercise is funny, how this exercise developed, and I use it all the time. The first list of A to Z, I want you to write something that you want more of in your life that starts with every single letter. Something that you want more of in your life. Now, I agree that when you get to Q and you get to V and X, it gets a little sketchy on words, but in the second column, I want you to write something that you want less of in your life that starts with every letter. So you have a list A to Z, what you want more of in your life, and a list A to Z, what you want less of in your life. And newsflash, the life you're living right now is the A to Z list of stuff you want less of in your life. Because if it's there and you want less of it, then you're living it. So to start with what you want and where you're going, read the list from A to Z of what you want more of in your life every single day. That's gonna start the thought process on who you are and what you want and where you wanna be. But the dismal reality is, the life you're living is on the other side of the paper the what you want less of in your life. And I know if you just handed somebody the list of what you wanted less of in your life, it's pretty gray and it's pretty dark and it's pretty dismal. What we concentrate on is what we attract. 
So if you're worried about being lonely, you're going to attract loneliness. I mean, you all know it's mind over matter. And I'm sitting here on this side of the microphone saying, here, just do this. But it's because I've been there. I know it. I had to dig my own ass out of a tunnel. And it was hard, but I'll tell you, it was totally worth it. And the only way you can overcome all the fears is to start concentrating on you and what you want. You know, if you, if you concentrate on not having enough money to pay bills and, oh, it's, our money's never going to make it this month because there's so many bills coming in. What comes in the mail? Oh, more bills. You never get a check in the mail when all you're worried about is that you have so many bills. Right? Start being thankful for the money that comes into your life and I promise you, your bills will get paid. And that's just an example. What we concentrate on, we attract. So quit concentrating on the side of the list that's the A to Z that you want less of in your life because you're going to attract more of what you want less of in your life. So the loneliness factor, I get it. But you have been trained to be isolated. They wanted you isolated for more control and more power. The more isolated you are from people who are strong and the things that make you happy, the more dependent you are on them and the easier it is for them to control you. So start today with the A to Z list. It is the most powerful homework assignment that I have any of my clients do. It is also my favorite homework assignment. I do it several times a year myself. Um, so again, I know, I know that change is fearful. I know it is, but overcoming fear is your freedom. And that is exactly what you need to do. You need to understand that courage, having courage is having the heart to act in spite of the fear you feel. So don't assume that you're going to be lonely and let that hold you back because there is good people out there and there is relationships to foster and relationships to reconnect with. Again, thank you for listening and thank you so much for sharing the podcast. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to it so that you don't miss an episode. And again, thank you for the questions that are coming in. We have a couple questions. I'm getting those podcasts ready to go. And I appreciate everything you do. Again, if you are in or near the St. Louis area, I would strongly consider the conference. It's going to be phenomenal. It's three days. You get to be, meet me. I get to hear your story, which I can't wait to hear everyone's story. And um, it's well, well worth the value that we have on it for the um, attendance ticket. If you have questions on that, there's plenty of ways to get a hold of me. So that being said, I will talk to you guys soon and make sure that you remember that change is fearful. I get it. But overcoming the fear, that is where your freedom lies. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi, your Toxic Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist. And this is It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. Uh, thank you for being here and mostly thank you, thank you for sharing the podcast and thank you for your continued follows. I appreciate it. Um, I noticed that um, the podcast is actually spreading to some different platforms right now, so that's super exciting. Um, the other things that are exciting here at Coaching with Dr. Heidi, uh, the conference is coming up, which I've been talking about uh, this week, which is March 
19, it's Tuesday, through March uh, 24, which is Sunday, with the price of your conference ticket, um, you are receiving a consultation with me at no charge. Uh, the reason I am doing that is I have been the one to walk into a room that knows nobody. Um, I've also been the one that's walked into a seminar that knows nobody and feels like I'm the only one there with the problem that I'm facing. And um, I have spoken with several of the people that are holding conference tickets at this point, and it seems that once we have time to chat just a little bit, uh, they are put very much at ease about attending the conference. So uh, today, the 19th through the 24th of March, with your purchase of... Um, the conference ticket, you will get a consultation with myself at no charge. And how you will get that consultation is once you register and pay for the conference, Angela will have your email and she will contact you to schedule the consultation with me. Um, the other thing that is great about right now is if you are one out there that's not local to the St. Louis area and you are feeling like the conference would have been a good choice for you, the Freedom Me online program right now, you can get for the same price as a conference ticket. Um, and what I'm doing in addition to that is uh, purchase the Freedom Me online program and um, you can also, between now and Sunday, get a have a free consultation scheduled with me. I'm not sure we'll be able to get all of them in before the conference, um, but that just gives you a chance to get in touch with me on a little bit more personal level. Um, so you don't feel like you're just studying and doing a self-taught course um, alone because you've already been doing that. So with the purchase of a conference ticket or the purchase of the Freedom Me online program between now and Sunday, the 24th of March, you will be getting a consultation with me at no additional charge. Uh, we will schedule that once um, you have either registered for the conference or um, the you have purchased the online program and um, the email has gone out that you have the program delivered to you. Uh, let's see. I think spring is finally coming. You know me. I always have to talk about the weather. For some reason, I was thinking about that yesterday. The podcast listeners probably think I'm a weatherman because I talk about the weather every time I'm on. But the sun is shining today, and I'm super thankful for that. Um, my middle daughter is headed down to see my oldest daughter, so I'm feeling a little left out because they're spending the week together, and I'm working. Um, but I get to spend the week with you, so that's a plus. Um, today I want to switch gears a little bit from what I have been talking about on the podcast, and the reason I want to do that is I really want people to reflect on themselves today. Um, because I'm a toxic relationship awareness, which means education and healing uh, specialist, I do a lot of education on the character traits of the toxic person. And the reason that is, is you have to be able to recognize them because if you have toxic people in your life, unless you've been raised by them or married into um, a family that's like that, you are a target for a toxic person. Toxic people attract to people that they know they can control. Control, power, attention, and admiration. So if you are a nice, caring, good, loving person, we've talked about this before, you are a target. So I really, really suggest and really, really teach the character traits of the toxic person. So you 
recognize what they are, you understand why they're doing them, and as you move forward in your life, because your personality is going to attract them, you need to be able to spot the red flags and respond by choosing yourself and saying, yep, not this time. I saw it and I'm not, I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt this time because that's what we like to do. So even though that is the majority of what I teach because I believe wholeheartedly that understanding the toxic person is your key to freedom. But today I wanna to switch gears because we know that being in a toxic environment for a long period of time or being raised in a toxic environment or being in a work environment that's unhealthy, being in unhealthy friendships for a long period of time, what it tends to do to our self-esteem and our self-worth is bring it way, way, way down. And um, the reason that happens is through the character traits of the toxic person, which are criticism, comparisons, name calling, belittling, um, downplaying your dreams, downplaying your goals, you know, controlling your time, controlling your friend circle, controlling your finances, uh, controlling your schedule. Uh, because of that, we are constantly on a treadmill of acceptance. We continually want to be accepted by the person who is continually telling us that we are unacceptable. So after hearing that over and over and trying with no um, victory in acceptance, we tend to start thinking less and less of ourselves. And I saw something on uh, Instagram or Facebook or something last week that that made me get a lump in my throat and it, it was on a child advocacy um, feed and it said, Children who are raised by narcissistic or toxic parents do not quit loving the parent. They quit loving themselves. And it about broke my heart to read that because I have seen that over and over. And I've seen it not necessarily with children, but wives and husbands that have been in a longstanding emotionally abusive or controlling marriage or relationship. Um, they stop loving themselves. And, you know, I do the conferences, I do the retreats, I do the private coaching, and the toxic person in general is the same. And when people come to me for help, they feel alone, they feel beaten down, they feel hopeless, they feel like they are stuck, that they are trapped, that there is no way out. Because every time they try to improve their situation, um, they become defeated by the toxic person. Uh, toxic people will do everything they can to stay in control. Their insecurities require that they stay in control of the people around them and the situations around them. So every time you get enough gumption to stand up for yourself or to try and set a boundary or make a move or take care of yourself, they right away are going to go, oh, that's not going to work out for me. So if you could just go back to doing what you're doing, that would be good. And because we're so used to letting them win, because they feel so much more powerful than us, we go, okay, I'll just go back to what I was doing. And we go back to what we were doing with yet one less piece of ourselves. So I know a lot of you guys listen to my podcast while you're driving. Some of you listen to it at home. Some of you listen to it at work. But what I want you to do right now um, is I want you to go to a mirror. So if you're driving, tip your rear view mirror down just for a second. 
Please don't wreck while you do this because I don't want to be liable for that. If you're sitting at a computer screen, turn your computer screen off so you can see the reflection of yourself in the computer screen or the iPad or your phone or go stand in front of the bathroom mirror. And I want you to ask yourself this. What type of person do you see looking back at you? What emotion do you see in yourself? How do you picture yourself from the outside if you were going to write down a description of what you see? And how do you think people see you? So whatever you're seeing in the mirror, in your computer screen, um, in the rear view, think about that. What are you seeing? Are you seeing someone who is positive and energetic? Are you seeing someone who is sad and lonely? Are you seeing somebody who is happy? Are you seeing somebody who is sad? Are you seeing somebody who is giving up? Are you seeing somebody who feels stuck, who has quit taking care of themselves, who has put all your energy into somebody else and do you see somebody who's lonely and feeling alone? Um, what I want you to do on top of that is I want you to think of your personality. And you may want to re-listen to this and write some of this stuff down. But think about your personality and write down five words that describe your personality. Then I want you to write down five words that describe your looks or your appearance. And I want you to write down five words that describe your work or your passion or the way you spend your time. And when you get the five words written down about your personality, your appearance, and your work or your how you spend your time, I want you to look back at those words and you tell me, are they positive words or are they negative words? And if you know which type of person you're seeing in the mirror, I bet you know what those words are. Now, think about the people that love you. Think about what they would say about your personality, about your appearance and about your mission or your passion or the work that you do or how you help others. How would their opinion differ from your opinion? You know, think about your mom, your sister, your brother, your dad, your friend, your boyfriend, your spouse, your girlfriend, a daughter, a son. Think about your cat or your dog. My husband likes to tell this story, you know, um, you, want to, you want to know loyalty? Stick your dog and your wife in the trunk and drive around the block and open the trunk and see which one is happy to see you. That's loyalty. So really picture how your dog pictures you because that's going to be 100% proof of somebody being loyal. Anyway, that was kind of a joke, but uh, my husband does say that and he thinks it's funny. So when you think about how people that you love see you, and you compare it to the way you see you, you might be able to see the change or the switch that the toxic person has had in your life. And I have people come to me all the time and say, you know what, I've lost myself. I have no idea who I am. I used to be this happy, you know, positive, scared of nothing person, and now I'm scared of everything. I cry all the time. I'm overwhelmed with everything, making one move um, is completely way too stressful for me. So when you look in the mirror 
and you're seeing what you see, let's think about what's what has caused that. What has made you see the person that you're seeing now? Because when you are in a toxic environment, they chip away at your self-esteem and your self-worth because they really want you to think that that is all you deserve. If you think that that's all you deserve, you will settle down and adapt to your environment, keep your mouth shut, and be grateful for how good the toxic person is to you. So what I challenge you to do today is not settle for the person that you're seeing in the mirror today. Because I know if you're listening to this podcast, you are looking for something. And that is probably somewhere, something along the lines of self-confidence and self-worth and self-esteem and the ability to see your situation for what it is and take the steps to improve it. Now, remember, toxic people are not necessarily bad people, okay? There is a certain amount that are not good at all, but just because somebody is toxic does not mean that they're bad. But if they are changing the way you see yourself, you need to change the dynamic of that relationship. So where would we start? You know, think about how others see you again, about how they see your personality. Why do they like spending time with you? How do you, fe- how do you feel about yourself when you're hanging out with the people that you know love you compared to how do you feel about yourself when you're with the people that may not be healthy for you? You know, what do they say about how you spend your time? What do they say about your personality and your experience and your appearance? as opposed to the people that you know are your support system. If there's only one person in your life that is bringing you down, I want you to kind of start balancing that out. Now, I also know that 52 people could tell you the same thing that the toxic person does and it would not affect you the same way the unacceptance does when the toxic person in your life who says they love you starts tearing down your character. It seems to have so much more impact when it's that one person continually telling you that you're not good enough. You better keep trying. If you just change this, then I would accept you. If you you would just do this, we would be happy. And the reason they continually want you feeling like there's something wrong with you is so that your attention continually stays on them. When your attention is continually on them, They can be over here doing whatever it is they need to do because they know that regardless of what they're doing, your attention is on them. So how do the comparisons and the criticisms and stuff make you feel, right? Well, they make you feel like crap. You know, you used to be confident. You used to be athletic. You used to feel really good in your clothes. And now you're not even getting dressed in the morning because you have given up the effort because you've always been beat down no matter how hard you try. So what I want you to think about is, do these type of thoughts go through your head? I really need to buy this, that, or the next thing. Okay, why is it that you really need to buy that? If I could just look like that one person for one day, has that thought gone through your head? Okay, why? I am so heavy, I really need to lose some weight. Okay, why is that thought going through your head? I am so ashamed of myself, I would never, ever wear that. Okay, why 
What is telling you that? Where in your past have you heard that you should be ashamed of yourself? So what I'm challenging you today is get a few of your closest friends and ask them the same questions that I asked you to ask yourself when you looked in the mirror today. What type of person do they see? What emotion do they see in you the most? How do they picture your personality? You know, what are the character traits that they see in you? Because if this is your support system, they are going to see you completely different than you see you. So as a challenge today, I want you to really think about how you see yourself for one and how you would like to see yourself. So answer the same questions that I just asked you for yourself. This is what I'm seeing when I look in the mirror, but this is what I would like to see when I look in the mirror. This is the emotion that I see when I'm looking at myself in the mirror, but this is the emotion I would like to see when I'm looking in the mirror. This is what I stand for right now when I'm looking in the mirror. But this is what I want my mission to be and this is what I want to stand for when I'm looking in the mirror. It will bring you back to where you used to be or bring you to a spot where you are going to understand that just because somebody is telling you certain things does not mean it's the truth. Surround yourself with the people that make you feel good about yourself. And I will also tell you, those of you who are, who are in a spot right now that you're really feeling like you're ready to give up, just know that I have been there. I have been there more than once. And the give up feeling seems way easier than the work it's going to take to get you back to where you want to be. Because you're going to answer the questions of, who you'd want to see when you look in the mirror and taking one step towards that is going to be overwhelming. But you don't have to do it in one day. You just have to start somewhere. And looking back on my experiences in my life, um, I've said this before, I wouldn't necessarily want to do it again, but I wouldn't change anything. Everything happened in my life exactly the way it was supposed to. And I was way down in the dumps and I was rock bottom. And I was to the point where I felt like I was crazy. Things were hopeless. I was stuck. And I fully thought that that's what my life was going to be. And now looking back, day by day, step by step, piece by piece, little by little, I built myself back up to where looking back, I understand it now and I can move forward to help other people with the experience that I have been through. So just know, no matter how hopeless or how overwhelmed you're feeling right now, it's temporary. Because if you're listening to the podcast and you're reaching out for help and you're searching for answers, it's only a matter of time before the education you're giving yourself is going to empower you to take the step to change your situation. 
And again, it is not easy. It is hard. But I have confidence that every single one of you will do just fine because you have already survived every day that you thought you wouldn't. So you're not giving up now. So look in the mirror and picture the person that you want to see and write that down and read it every single day. And for those of you who feel like you're ready, you know how to get a hold of me. I've got plenty of resources. And the reason I do it is because I've been there and I want to be the person I needed when I was in it. I don't have all the answers. I just know what carried me through and got me to where I am now. And I want to make sure that I am available for you when and if you are ready. And you will know when you're ready. And it may be slowly and it may be something you do overnight. I have clients that do it different ways. All of a sudden it's over, it's done. Or I have people that, you know, make safety plans and they plan it out and they strategically um, work at it slowly, slowly until they're completely ready. Now, part of being ready is understanding that where you are is familiar and where you're going is unfamiliar. Familiar is comfortable, unfamiliar is not. So, so make sure that by you telling yourself you're not ready yet, you understand the fact that it may just be that you are more comfortable with staying in familiar. Even if it's bad, it's familiar and you know what to expect. So just know that when the time comes, you'll know when you're ready to leave. You'll know when you're ready to change the dynamic. You'll know when you're ready to leave that friend group or leave that unhealthy work environment. You will know when it's time. But in the meantime, start looking in the mirror and picturing who it is that you want to see looking back at you. 